Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 19 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. This is Todd Widener. We are happy to be with you on a morning, a Monday morning quarterback edition. I know that we don't put these out on Monday mornings, but we do record them before work. Hopefully no one will jump into this Zoom meeting during work. That would be unfortunate, yes. Yeah. Have the teachers listening like, what the hell's going on over there? Oh, I just cussed already. Oh, the swear jar started already this morning. Welcome to our 406 Twitter followers. So Marco, at MPPacFan1, is our 400th follower. We will send you a message, Marco, and send you some average cheese swag. So welcome. We also hit 900 listens this morning. So that's super exciting. We had 800 on the 24th of October. We hit 100 listens in the last seven or eight days. So that's super exciting. Yeah, it seems like the the numbers are kind of like coincide with each other, like 400 listeners, 900 listens. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, if we get to 500, should be a thousand listens, right? I'm hoping to have a thousand listens by the end of the, yeah, by the next time we shoot this podcast. That'd be awesome. So thanks to all those folks that listen. Let's do this. Well, what about our sponsors? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to drop us if I don't start getting better at this. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. Thanks for our shirts. I look forward to the other things we do together. And thanks to Andy at thirdeyegraphics.net. And if you'd like to sponsor us, we are always (laughs) here for you. (laughs) Exactly. If we have 500 Twitter followers, then we have, you know, we might be worth advertising with. And there will be no BallotReady.org advertisement this week because by the time you listen to this, voting will be over. So you're welcome. And we will, yeah. And we will have results this week, I guess. Yes, no we will. House. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? All right, let's talk the debacle that was yesterday's football game. You want to start? Yeah, it was not. I don't even know where to start. Minnesota 28, Green Bay 22. I don't know. I, I thought things just started off where almost every game has kind of started, right? I mean, we knew you know, because of the conditions of the game, you know, you saw that those kicks were crazy, man. Did you see some of those replays of the, oh, the when they were warming up? Yeah, the kit of the field goals. Yeah, so I, mean, just take it a, was, a I hadn't right seen anything like that before. It actually was. It actually benefited us because Crosby was dinged up anyway. But um, right, so they didn't have to kick anything. But yeah, with with all that said, we knew that you had to run the run the football. There was going to be a lot of it. Jones is out, and I felt like um, everything kind of like kicked off really, really good. Jamal was uh, running the football. We're mixing it up in the passing game. We went right down the field and scored. It was eerily similar. Not, not the beginning. Well, the beginning was similar to the Tampa game, right? I Where was, we just ran was, down the no, field. I was going to say that. Yeah. We, we just moved. We moved the football. The Vikings also moved the football. Yeah. Almost immediately. Well, immediately. Because the first, yeah. what? The first 
four drives of this of the game, two on each side. Yeah, yeah. Two touchdowns each. Yep. And they were long drives. You know, they were like over 10 minutes each, weren't they? I mean, yes, they were super, um, super long drives, like all of them. Like they, basically they had four drives and the half was over. Yeah, it was like two in the first half. They traded, they traded drives in the, in the first quarter. They traded drives in the second quarter, and it was 14-14 at half. It looked like one of those games that the Packers were going to continue to score, and you hope they'd get that one stop or two stops. Yeah. They did. They didn't get a stop until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was sad. That's a problem. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. Um, but even so, I think it was the first, you know, obviously the first drive with, with Dalvin Cook. As soon as I saw the first couple plays with him, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be one of those games. And it just got worse and worse and worse. So It looked very oh. similar to the <sighs> NFC Championship game, to be honest. It did. Yeah, defensively, yeah, absolutely. I was looking as I was watching, and I know we're going to go all over the place today. <clears throat> Most everything was bad, right? There aren't a whole lot of highlights. I mean, the Packers did score 22 points and everything, but, yeah, it just looked like the NFC Championship game. It looked like we could still score, not when we wanted to, otherwise we would have had a scoring drive on every drive that we had, but that we could score consistently. I mean, not having a kicker, forced us to go for it on fourth down a couple of times where we probably yeah. would have kicked field goals, right? So, I mean, they probably would have put up close to 30. Uh, so it wasn't like the offense was abysmal, but it, the defense couldn't stop the run game. They yeah. couldn't stop the run game. It's that the offense in the second half just didn't show up. I mean, no. they, really, they really struggled in the second half. Yeah, they had won the one drive. Yeah. They scored the, yeah. yeah, they scored a touchdown on the one drive. So that was, that was frustrating. All right, so let's get into the – very few highlights in this game. <laughs> There's only two bullet points there. I left so. one blank hoping that you would add a, a bullet point and we'd have more I than couldn't two think highlights. of anything. I couldn't no. think of anything. Well, there isn't anything. That's the problem. Uh, I mean, you know, Rodgers obviously had, had a, a very Aaron Rodgers game, 291 yards, three touchdowns, and a 110 quarterback rating. So, yeah, just very, yeah. very typical of, of, of what he can do. I mean, all three touchdowns were to Devontae. Yeah, I thought he had a good game all around. Just didn't seem to really impact the game because the defense just couldn't stop Minnesota. I, I know you don't look on Twitter as much as I do, but Skip Bayless is just a complete dick bag. Like yeah, he always yeah. has. He, I've I know seen he him, does. I see him on TV. Did you see the, the Twitter thing? Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, the greatest thrower of the football. How could he lose to a one and five team? Okay, first of all, Dick, he doesn't play defense, right? <laughs> What else could he have done? Okay, he's playing with Devontae Adams and a bunch of nobodies. He throws the three touchdowns to Adams. He has 110 quarterback rating, no picks, three touchdowns, no picks, almost 300 yards in a game that was very ball control. So it wasn't like it was a run and shoot game on both yeah. sides of the football. I mean, uh, I saw that uh, Minnesota had like 20, almost 28 minutes of possession. So it was a very, you know, even game that way. So it's not like the Packers had the ball a ton. So 291 yards is a pretty – it's a decent game. Not to stray too far away from our topics, but um, you know who I saw on, on TV? It was like during uh, during one of the pregames. I was kind of getting ready and stuff and had a pregame on. You know who was actually really good? And I thought I'd never say this because I, you know, I don't like the guy really that much, but Randy Moss is actually pretty good. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'll probably never get over. What did he do in the end zone that, at Lambeau? Like he acted he like mooned he everybody, dump. wiped his ass on the. Uh, he like took post. a dump, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever get over that. But he's actually very good. So what was he on? Fox? It was on. Uh, it was. I think this the one that has like Teddy Bruschi, which I I can't stand. That's usually why I can't. That's why watch that show. On. Yeah, because all be Bruschi does is either refer everything they talk about. He either refers to himself and how when he played, or the Patriots, <laughs> and that is it. That's his whole reference. He can only That's reference his whole that. shtick. Uh, anyway, the only other highlight that we have is Jair holding Jefferson to three catches and 26 yards. He's a shutdown corner. That's what I'm going to say from, from now on. I do believe it. But he they did only... have the P.I. call. He did. Which was costly, which I think if he – the way I, I looked at it was if, if he doesn't have his hand on his back, that's probably a no call. But he did. Right. He did. It was pass interference. I hate it to was. say it, but it, let's just call it what it is. It was pass interference. Now, I, we're going to go all over the place today because I'm a little fired up about this game. But if that's pass interference, then yeah. the play where Tanyan is getting mugged is – Yeah, that was bad. Absolutely. And not only is it bad, but you fucking reviewed it. I know. And you still yeah. thought it was not – So here's the only thing I don't like about the non-call – or that the play in general is that I think Tanyan tried to act his way through it. And I think that hurt. Like he kind of like flopped around. If he would have just tried to catch the football, that's clearly pass interference. The guy doesn't have the football hit that guy in the back of the head, just like it did Jackson in week one. He had his arm on his back and he was clearly early. Yeah. Like it was like the textbook version of pass interference. I'm confused because what was the what was the play when they 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 threw the flag and then they picked it up? Was it that play? It was that, that play. A, it was that play. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they got together yeah. and huddled and decided it wasn't pass interference. Are you yeah, kidding I, me? I, I, yeah, you you don't see that often, right? I mean, if they if they threw a flag and they go they they go to review or they go to pick it up and say it's a no call, you almost never see it in a pass interference call. Right. They never. Right. Uh, absolutely was, ridiculous. Yeah, was... To go back to what we were talking about, Jair held him to three catches, 26 yards. He has gone off on the rest of the league. Jefferson Jefferson is a great player, and he's going to be a great player. I and like so, I too. saw one of the ten, um, one of our Minnesota Viking Twitter followers, we also followed them, was like, that's going to be a battle for years to come, and that's 100% right. I look forward yeah. to that, actually. Put Jair on Justin Jefferson. And let everybody else try to beat you. Who knows if this game, you know, I always think of like the conditions too affected, you know, the windy conditions. So they weren't, you know, you're not going to rely on Cousins to throw the ball a lot. Maybe maybe if the conditions were different, the results would have been different. But yeah, I do think he is a top corner. We always talk notable injuries for every game. And I don't know that there were any this time around. Didn't see anyone. Yeah, I didn't see anyone go to the sideline that was notable. But on the injury note, man. Did you see what was Dantzler? That was as scary a moment as, um, you know, in the 40 years of football I've been watching. I mean, there's always has been a lot, but, man, that was not – I did not like seeing that at all. That was scary. Very scary. He went from – he just went limp, right? Like he just went to no no movement at all. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah. that was awful. I I was happy that they said that he had full feeling in his arms and legs or whatever. Yeah, he got twisted around and just the way his head kind of snapped, I'm like, my God, I hope that's not a broken 
neck. I mean, that's that, what I thought too. It's interesting you say that. Uh, thank yeah. God he's, he's all right. Oof. Absolutely. And as Packer fans, we won't be uh, excited that he got hurt. Unlike Viking fans who did that when Rogers broke his collarbone. So correct. Fuck off. Viking yeah. fan. What's going um, on with Jones and, and Bakhtiari and green who didn't play in this game. And neither did King and King. So right. what's interesting is, um, you know, you had the you know you had the signing of uh, Kenny Clark right in the off season, and then that kind of left the the three that were left over are King, Bakhtiari, and Jones, and none of those three played in this game. So I don't know what's going on with Green, but my conspiracy theory is surround surrounds Jones, and this is so hear me out. I put this on. Um, on Twitter, but I, I kind of got thinking on this topic is, you know, with Jones, just the nature of the injury, it was like, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it in the beginning, right? It was like a, a strained calf that happened, I think in practice after, yeah, after the Tampa Bay game. And it really was like the severity of it. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about it. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, they're going to hold him on the, on the Texan game. I was like, Okay, of course he's on my fantasy team, so this is also <laughs> it why really I'm, sucks. I am being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but uh, and then you know to have to hold him in this game, I was a little surprised. It's been I don't know since the Tampa Bay game, at least what two weeks, and this right. is still lingering around. And it's not like you know I can understand if they're like, hey, he has a a tear or something like that, where I'm like, oh, okay, like it makes sense, like sit him down, but. They just have this, what they're calling was a strain or whatever, and, and he sits out this game. I was like, shit, because, you know, of course he's on my fantasy team. I had to sit him down. But then right. I started thinking, I'm like, how, well, how severe is this calf muscle? And yeah. now they're talking about him sitting down again on Thursday. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I read a bunch of stuff where they're, they're, they're thinking that he's, he's not going to play Thursday either. So here comes my conspiracy theory. One of two things, right? Are the Packers either A, preserving this guy because they realize his value and they are, you know, protecting him because they want to sign him uh, in the offseason to a big contract? Or B, are they purposely devaluing him because it's not his decision to play, right? It's the coaches and it's the Packers organization that decide whether you play in the game or not. So are they devaluing him? using this as an opportunity to devalue him in some way so that in the off season, cause, cause right now, if he sits up right now with the two games out and possibly another third game on the way, no way is he going to come to uh, statistically what he did last year, nowhere close. So now they can kind of justify their numbers. If he wants 12 and a half million and the Packers say, no, you're eight. Like, look at the year you have, you know, so that's kind of where my conspiracy theory kind of went. I'm not sure. I can get with part of your argument. I'm not sure that they're trying to diminish his stats because if I'm his agent, I just extrapolate that or whatever the word is for 13 games and I average it out over 16 and go, okay, yeah, he missed these three games. Yeah. If you'd have played in 16 games, he would add X. Right. Delvin Cook has missed games over his career. He's never finished a season. So... Dalvin Cook got $12.5 million. I mean, I don't know that that's it. I do think, and it's not just with Jones, I wonder if the Packers are trying to load manage these guys and see if they can make a run with healthy players 
later on in the season. I hope that's what it is. I hope they're not trying to monkey with Jones's contract because that can go way south on the Packers. If that were to get out into the league, first of all, that's collusion, right? Or something. I don't know if that's the word, but you trying to diminish a guy's stats to pay him less is going to. But they pulled those levers, right? They pull the lever whether or not you are going to play or not. So that's kind of, you know, that's a very powerful lever to have. It is a powerful lever, but you could really damage your franchise doing that no. because the guys are like, whoa, wait a minute. You want me to make less money? So it's you're going to hold me out of happened, games? right, though? Don't you think that it's had to have happened in some situations? I don't know. I hope, good, I hope that's not true. But it, it, the only reason it got me thinking is, like, just the severity of, of, of his injury. Like, how bad is it? Yeah. Three games? Right, for a calf. If they're not load managing, then that – Injury was far worse than that they, they'd ever talked yeah. about. Yeah, that's a problem. And Bakhtiari, too. Bakhtiari was – they were after the game that he got hurt in, they are like, oh, Bakhtiari was in a locker room joking around and stuff, and they kind of made it sound like he wasn't going to miss any time. And now we're looking at another game. I don't know if he misses a San Francisco game. I'll have to look that up later. Right. I also think that the Packers organization may have looked past this game. And sat Jones, Bakhtiari, Green, King. Maybe. I don't know. No. I mean, King, King always kind of has a history of being yeah, he's pretty delicate. Class. That's this, that. Right. This is going to be a long episode if we complain <laughs> the whole time. That's what we're going to do. That's what we do with Packer fans. I struggle with Twitter after Packer losses. I really yeah, do. I don't look. I, I, it, I usually vent my frustrations during, and then I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> And then you, you know what's really would be healthy for me to do is just hit that home button in the top corner where it scrolls all the way to the top and you just miss right. everything in the timeline. Because right. there are a couple – I mean, we do our own podcast, clearly. We're doing it right now, and we have opinions, and there are other podcasters who have very different opinions, and they're – you know, that's okay. That Everybody has yep. their own opinion. There are a couple of, of guys out there – maybe I'll cut this out – but there are a couple guys out there. I won't name them that they, they think their opinion is so much more valuable than everybody else's. Right. They like make fun of people who have opinions. It's like, listen, right. this right. is what we do. That's what Twitter is for. It's right. not factual information. I know who and some of the stuff that you're referring to, but I think they think they carry a little bit more weight if they have media credentials. Yes. Just put Thank it that you. Way. That's perfect. Let's leave it at that. And we do not. <laughs> and we can say whatever the fuck we want, though. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of us. We are just fans. We put out mouth. the disclaimer in episode zero of what we are. Exactly. I will love the Packers one day, and I will fucking hate them the next. And then I'll love them again. And that's all right. We can do that if we want to. Because we don't have media credentials. Likely never will. We can say whatever think, the fuck we want. I don't think we're want. going that way. Yeah. <laughs> if I... <laughs> If we did have media credentials, do we get to take our swear jar into the room, into the right. media room? And be like, Jesus Christ, Mike, what the fuck were you guys doing out there? Or Matt, what's going on? Like, yeah. Are you going to fire a fucking Petten? Because he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. That would be entertaining. We would get thrown out of that room immediately, but it would be great. 
the one time we were in the media room. Okay, yeah. so let's re- let's review the offense real quick. There were some good things. I think we just we mentioned it before. They came out firing on all cylinders. Offensive line only gave up one sack. They weren't breaking off big runs, but you know Jamal Williams always seems to earn his yards a little bit more. But they got out to a quick start. But Williams did end up with uh, he got 16 carries, 75 yards. And Dylan came into this game and had so they both backs averaged over four yards per carry. That's a pretty good clip. Didn't you think like with with Dylan again, like on his first few carries, it was the same thing as a Texan game where he's just kind of like, I don't know, just not aggressively hitting the hole, like almost like dancing around and not being decisive in his running. It did not seem like, I didn't think this was the guy that shied away from contact. I thought this was the guy that was going to just blast through the hole. The first couple of carries, it, it still is happening that way. I agree with you. And I thought about that when I was watching him run the football And what I came up with was, I don't know if he's seeing the hole as fast as he needs to. And that's what I was referring to last week. And I said, when I said, maybe he needs to start deeper and start back a little bit. Now, granted, again, the Packers don't play in the eye so that you're never going to see him, you know, eight yards back. But I don't know if he's recognizing that hole quick enough. And he's kind of stutter stepping into it because he doesn't see it where it's going to end up, you know, being. So I think, I hope that's it. Well, actually, I don't hope that's it because it reminds me of former Badger Ron Dane who needed a big hole to run through. Yeah. He needed to be able to see that hole. AJ, I almost called him Corey. I'm going to call him Corey Dillon forever. I think that's just going to be a thing. Um, I think AJ Dillon is struggling to see where the holes are opening up and that is causing him to be tentative in his run. He did have two targets. He Caught did. One. That was a nice grab. I think it, he had his hand down on the turf to keep his balance. That was... That was a nice play for him. It was. It was right after he missed that one. It looked like he was a volleyball player, and he tried to set that ball. Like He literally slapped at it and knocked it down. Yeah, Yeah, that was. So I wonder what we're going to get with him. Because like Peter said, you know, his combine receiving skills look good. Is that just in the combine? Can he do it in a game? Is he versatile enough? You talked about it before, too. Like, there's a lot of things that they're question marks, right? And he's not going to get his opportunity this year to see whether he can do it or not, you know, unless someone gets hurt. God forbid yeah, that happens. I mean, right now, he's getting probably more than what they bargained for as far as playing time is concerned. I mean, if Jones is healthy, he's probably not getting as many carries as he has in the last two games. But for me right now, he's just – maybe it comes with experience, but he just seems scared. What else happened that was good in this game? Hmm. Devontae being Devontae, another three-touchdown game. Not an explosive game. I don't know. What, what, what did he end up with? He had seven catches for 53 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, no, nobody can stay with that guy. The catches, I think, were all down. The numbers were down just because of the wind. And you didn't see a lot of deep balls and stuff like that. That right, because that was a good – exactly. They would have been fluttering in the wind. I mean, when you saw what the kicks were doing, the, the passes would certainly do that. He did have 12 targets in this game, so yeah. he did get the ball thrown in his direction more than anybody else, and again, he should. A guy has seven catches for 53 yards and three touchdowns, and, and it's really like, eh, it's an okay game. You yeah. have very high expectations for him, and we do. Devontae Adams is a top two, three receiver in the league. We expect him to catch 10 balls for 100 yards and a touchdown or two every week. It's just what we expect. Yeah, and then Tanyan, um, do you see second week in a row, Rodgers missed him in stride. Oh. He was <laughs> he was so open. 
And there was nobody around him. And he had to make an adjustment to the ball. And when he did, he ended up, he had to die for it. Yeah. Got him out of his stride. And the first thing I was like, get up. Because there was nobody around. I was just screaming at the TV. I actually did that too. Ryan was coming down to ask me something. I'm like, get up. I yelled it really loud. He's he's like, what? I'm like, I'm yelling at the TV. It's funny. You and I are the same person once in a while. I I literally did the same exact thing. Yelled at Tanya to get up like he's going to hear me. (laughs) And he had, he ended up with five grabs for 79. He looked, he looks like, he looked like he could be the future guy there. Yeah. He's turning into a really good player. I really think that what you said just a couple seconds ago was very valid. Rodgers has to adjust to throwing to the tight end because he missed Tanyan down the sideline on the one. He missed Mercedes Lewis where it was a drop yeah. down the middle. He also missed on this pass. It just seems like that's a trend for him. He seems to be able to get it to receivers. They're able to make adjustments. They're far more athletic guys than Lewis, Tanyan, and Sternberger. Although Sternberger had a great catch early in this game where he had to reach back and jump high for the football. So the first, yeah, it was like the first, first drive, first catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, on the first drive. That was a, a decent grab. I mean, he's what, six, four, know, six, five. He went up high for that. He, that ball was not, maybe not where it should have been, but that, it was a crazy throw because like Rodgers was running left and throwing, you know, having to throw with your right hand is. Right, he's thrown across his body, so it was a tough throw for sure. My point was that I think he needs to be more accurate to the tight end because those guys are not going to yeah. be able to make the in-flight adjustment that they need to make. So, yeah. And he's missed, and those are touchdowns. So I'm not sure yeah. how they're drawing those plays up. That's three balls that should have been three touchdowns. I mean, Tanyan is athletic enough to make the catch, but he shouldn't have had to die for it. If he, he would, Yeah, he's still running. That's the second time to him yeah. where he just – you're Aaron Rodgers. You got to make that throw. We expect Stern, you to make Sternberger that. did look good. It might have been his better game of the year. He, he caught three or four balls. He had a 27 yard catch. So he's he's yeah. got things going. I like that the Packers have versatility in their offense for sure. I mean, we're probably going to talk about it. Let's talk about it now. We need a wide receiver. <laughs> we just you think did. they do anything before the trade deadline? I don't. I don't think. I don't think that. Will Fuller from the Texans. There was some talk about Ken Stills from the Texans also because they, they clearly they were are talking just, about Stills in the in the preseason. I do think they need a guy like that for sure. I, I do. Now Lazard comes back, and then your need for a wide receiver is a little bit less. Yeah. And again, the wide receiver does not stop the run, but nobody's given up their defensive tackle in the middle of the season they're just not so yes we need defensive line help more than we need wide receiver help but we're not getting defensive line help nobody's giving that guy up whereas receivers are a little bit more expendable all right let's get to the bad the The bad bad. stuff on offense i guess they didn't really have any big plays i mean maybe it was the weather i don't know but they didn't they just kind of were very moved the ball and and small increments down the field nothing really stood out on on the big play I think they needed a couple big plays in this game in order to kind of change the momentum from just the back forth back forth and it didn't happen and then they came out flat in in the second half you know I'm looking at it on pro football reference in Tanyan 45 yards Sternberger 27 yards Malik Taylor 26 yards Marquez Valdez scaling one catch for 19 yards those aren't small chunk plays but at the same time, what you just said, I think, is, is the key. They didn't come when they needed to come. 
In yeah. the first half when we were rolling, we were getting bigger plays, not huge plays, not that, you know, lightning in a bottle, 80-yard touchdown run or throw. That didn't happen. But in the second half when we needed it to happen, it didn't. It just it didn't happen for whatever reason. And I don't know if that's play calling or if Minnesota changed the way they were playing defense. I, I don't know. But that lightning in a bottle play didn't happen in this game. And there was uh, the other bad point was uh... – St. Brown and MVS. I don't know which to start with there. I mean, St. Brown, those were two really bad drops. And you could see when the, the ball that went through his hands in the end zone, you could see the expression on Roger after that, when, when that happened. It's like, I've all but given up on St. Brown as a player. I really have. I mean, well, give, give someone else a shot. Sit him back down. Reggie Bagleton, man. Bring the dude up. Right. If guys aren't producing, and I, I said this before, you're making a Super Bowl run. You are a legitimate contender to be in the NFC Championship yeah. game and be in the Super Bowl. If guys aren't producing, yeah, go find another guy. I mean, he had, he had two – I mean, I don't even know if you could call the, the, touch, the one in the end zone a, a, a drop because it literally went through his hands. But those two were, you know, two drops, and then the ball he does catch, he comes up limping off the field. I'm like, dude, you fell on the ground. Right. It wasn't like you got smashed. Whatever. Exactly. Just, he has no they're, toughness. They're too oh. enamored with his body size and his uh, you know, athletic skills. I Something. Think. They keep waiting for him and MVS. Let's just put him back in the conversation. MVS and St. Brown, fast, big, athletic guys who should be players. Yep, they should be players. Equinemia St. Brown, I do appreciate that he went up and tried to come back to the football on that long pass to the end zone, right? Like he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But literally, he could have just jumped straight up in the air. He's six foot five. Yeah. And he would have caught that football. Yeah, it's a jump ball. Right. Come on. The defensive back is six feet tall. You have five inches on that guy. You don't have to come back for the ball. In fact, you coming back for the ball is a disadvantage on that play. Get inside like you're a basketball player. I'm going to – sorry, I'm going to stereotype you, St. Brown. You're 6'5". You probably played basketball at some point in your life. You know how to get in position. It's rebounding position. Get close so that you can push off a tiny bit. How about the – how about the MVS one that when I texted you where it was – he got the PI in the end zone? That ball sit – he didn't even like – it looked like he either gave up on it or purposely didn't catch it. But that ball went – unless I was looking at the replay from a – A bad angle know, or something? From a fucking vortex. I have, I have no idea. But it looked like that was a very catchable ball. And he just like decided like I'll just take the PI penalty maybe or something. Right. I don't it's know. It's okay to catch it, fool. Like you can catch it. Even it, I mean, Devontae Adams, it's a million different reasons that Devontae Adams is bigger than you and better than you. Not bigger, right. but better. Devontae Adams was getting interfered with. He was getting mugged on his third yeah. touchdown and still caught yeah. the ball, which, my, my God, that was a great pass. Yeah. <laughs> I should have put that in the highlights, that one throw. He literally yeah. dropped it in his hands. That's like the second yeah. time in, what, three weeks that he's literally dropped the ball in Adams' hands where Adams didn't have to do anything. But if you're Rodgers and you've those two balls to St. Brown and then that to, to – well, it, there's a history of, with MBS, right? How can you even have the confidence when you're in the, back in the pocket and you see those two guys out there running around? You, know? you can't. How, he doesn't. 
He doesn't. It's that simple. He does not have confidence. Right. What you said, the look that he gave St. Brown on that throw to the end zone was like, dude, you, you, this is your ball. It's a jump ball. You should have had that play. Rodgers has tried to go back to both MVS and St. Brown after they've made mistakes. And I do appreciate that, but that's not going to continue. He's not going to keep doing that. If they keep making mistakes, like, okay, you, you drop one ball a game or two, everybody drops balls, but you do it week after week. You do it every week. I'm going to put it one in there, even though I didn't cut there. You, you, every week you do the same shit. Both of those clowns. Can't stand yeah. them. Lazard can't come back quick enough. Yeah. And there's a lot of penalties on, on that side of the ball, too. I don't know how many there were total. He had nine penalties for 85 yards in this game. Jesus. And that one that got called on Mercedes Lewis. Oh, my God. Yeah, the so, first one. The yes. first one was that was a bad call. The second one was a hold. Yeah, right, right. He had right, it, absolutely. I'm talking about the first one. It, I almost think if there's holding on every play, then you need to start calling holding on every play because then it's just subjective. Right. Like, what do you think is holding? Like he, yeah. the, the first one he got called for, he was inside the jersey, and that's a, apparently okay, which it shouldn't be. Like, why is holding inside the numbers? okay thing to do for an offensive player but a defensive player can't do it like I don't I don't get that I but there were a lot of penalties in this game and they were costly like when they they can never get momentum because they seem to be going backwards and that one they overcame and then ended up at first and 30 like they kept I know penalties over and over they came out just sloppy in the second half the offense I don't know what happened in the locker room there but they just could not keep it going from what how they performed in the first half Let's get to the defense because that's probably going to be the main focus of this show. <laughs> We've already gone a half hour on, on offense, and I thought we had an okay <sighs> offensive game. So, honestly, I put in one bullet point, but I, for the good, I don't know. We already talked about Jair Alexander. I think that's the only positive, honestly. I put in the guys are showing flashes, but they weren't. Who? No one really showed a flash in this game. There wasn't that big. Martin had a nice the, – the, the, the play when Martin – you know, knifed through those three defenders and laid Thielen out, that, that was a stud play. Yeah. Ugh. Yes, that was probably the best play of the game defensively. Like, that was a great play. I mean, Lowry had a sack, but the tight end told, The tight end yeah, went after was, Preston I'm not, Smith. I'm not giving him that. I'm not giving him that. Yeah, that was crazy. The tight end, like, totally blew his assignment on that play. Yeah. He let the inside guy go and went after Preston Smith. That was great. Yeah. Kind of funny because Cousins is like, what? <laughs> he had to go down because there was nowhere to go. I mean, there was very few good things on on defense. I thought Amos had probably the best game on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, I mean he 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 made some plays, right? I mean he sh- he also led the team in tackles, and, and as a safety, that's a problem, right? Adrian Amos <laughs> is best served near the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's where he, he belongs. Is good. He is yeah. good near the line of scrimmage. He's a strong safety in the. In every sense of the word, he's not great in coverage. He's not going to lower the boom on some guy going across the middle. Yeah, we're, if the Packers can play him near the line of scrimmage, he's very good there. The problem is you have Raven Green, who is the exact same player, at safety. So then Darnell Savage has to be the free safety, and he has to be that guy around the football, and he has completely sucked. Is he, He's fucking invisible this year yeah like, where is that guy i honestly don't get it he really has taken a step back he had four tackles in this game but he also is not i wonder how many missed tackles he had in this game 
he might have more missed tackles than tackles in this game. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, he was freaking awful. So let's just go on with the bad. Let's just continue. <laughs> we'll continue. That sums up the good. <laughs> Which wasn't good. Kamal Martin makes one play. Adrian Amos has a pretty good game. That's it. What about the bad? Uh, yeah, this is going to be – I don't really know where to start. Three of the top four tacklers were defensive backs. And that just goes to show you – we'll probably talk about this, but the uh, the defensive line was non-existent. And I mean, they were – you know, when when you have your defensive backs making that many tackles, it's a problem. That means your linebackers aren't making plays. Your defensive linebacker, defensive linebackers, your defensive linemen aren't making plays at the line of scrimmage. And I think there was evidence of this throughout the year, of the poor tackling. But this this game really highlighted that it, it was abysmal tackling in this game. I mean, what was that the uh, the long run by uh, Cook? I don't know how many ta- missed tackles there were on, on that run alone. On the screen Five? pass? On the screen pass or the or I don't. Uh, yeah, it was a screen. Run one a screen. Up, maybe it was the screen. But fuck, I mean, there was like at least five. On that play, you know what I thought of? You watch those um, football movies. That's what it looked like. Guys flying over, the, you know, like getting chop blocked and flying through the air. It looked like the longest yard or something. What the Packers were so, so out of position and yeah. just flailing. It, it yeah. looked ridiculous. On that <laughs> what I, I I texted you, I was like, "Who is thirty six? And then I looked it up. That was Vernon Scott. Man, was that bad? I mean, it was so bad. I think he got hurt on the play, too. He, he was He, he actually hurt. did limp off to the locker room, now that I re- I'm, I'm recalling it. God bless it. That, <sighs> that was, was disgusting. Just taking the wrong, uh, the wrong angle. And I think... It was awful. Yes. And, okay, Kamara and Cook are great players. They're going to make guys miss. But the NFL is full of great players. You know, like yeah. they're going to they're gonna be playing against great players every week. It can't be an excuse. You have great players. The Packers have used stupid amounts of draft capital and free agent money on defensive players. If you are paying this much to guys and you're drafting guys like Savage, like Alexander, you're going to get Amos, Smith, Smith, Gary. Kirksey, Gary. You got to do something. You, you got to make plays. I'm sorry. A lot of times you see, too, is like, I don't know if it's just our defensive backs, probably because I watch them more than any other team, but it seems that they, they hit runners, right? There was, a, there was an example of uh, Amos. It was like Amos against Cook, and it was on the sideline, and Cook was trying for that extra yard. It was right at the first down marker, right? And Amos came flying in there and just thought that he was going to just kind of blast him and he was going to fall down. But I got news for you, dude. It's Dalvin Cook. He's an elite runner in, in the NFL. He is not going to get hit and go down. No. You're going to have to hit him, and you're going to have to wrap him up. Right. You can't just lower shoulder. And luckily, down. yeah. And luckily, they they weren't able. He wasn't able to get a first down. But you see a lot of that from from our secondary of of just pop trying to pop people and not wrapping up. I, I don't know if that's. I don't know how how to get that improved. But it goes to what we'll talk about later on. I think we have to have our weekly Lowry Lancaster update. And to be fair to both of those guys. The defense overall sucked in this game, so it wasn't just them. But they did suck. They did suck, right? Lowry had the one sack. He had. Three, I'm not going to give that to him. He had there three solo tackles. To that. Three solo tackles in this game. <laughs> no, whatever. 
Whatever. And Lancaster had four tackles. So, <laughs> but the problem is they did have seven tackles combined, which is better than what they usually do. But they are also getting blown off the ball regularly. Annihilated. Yes. Annihilated. I just keep saying it, and I will continue to say it, and especially because we play San Francisco on Thursday. Bring in Billy Wynn and see what he can do. You already know what Lancaster, Lowry, Kiki, Adams, you know what they are as players. Yeah. Billy Wynn seemed to hold his own in that game. No, he's not a great player, but you need someone to just hold off guys. That's what you need. Yeah. And you don't have it in Lancaster and Lowry. And, he, and Kiki and Montrevious Adams are not big butt guys either, so they're not going to do it. Right. Expecting them to do it and watching them not do it week after week after week is what we're watching. It, it's stupid. Yeah, they ran right at Lancaster. Uh, I think it was that goal line one for that like, Cook scored on. I mean, right. the, he had no chance. He got wedged no out chance. of there. <laughs> it was I mean, just obliterated. Yeah. I can't stand watching either of those two guys. I really can't. It's not like we changed the personnel up from last year. I mean, we saw this in the NFC Championship game, and it's just spilling over to this year. They haven't changed that up too much. I mean, Kiki, yes, he does, goes in and has a different look. But, God, those two guys just drive me insane. Right. We added no one. We added Kirksey. Okay. But that's your second line of defense. Who has a history of injuries and is hurt. So. Right. But, he's, uh, yeah, he's also not a defensive lineman. The right. problem wasn't the – I mean, Blake Martinez was running around making tackles because the guys no were one. running through the hole at him. He had right. to make the tackle. So, it, I don't – This game, you, it was – it was no one was making – it was just the defensive backs were making tackles. Exactly. And that comes to – I didn't – oh, I did put it down. So, there was a play early on in this game which kind of – so, Martin had that really nice play, and he's going to be a player. I still believe that. And Barnes is a pretty good – for an undrafted free agent, has played super well up until this game. I thought he's played well. There was a play early on. It might have been the Cook screen pass. It might have been that. Or maybe it was yeah. the long run by Cook. I don't remember. It which was one. the long run. I think right. it was the one when you texted me on that. Yeah, they both ran through the same hole. Both Martin and Barnes ran through the same hole. And then Cook had like a six-foot wide hole to run through because Bar it, was, it was Barnes' responsibility. So as you look at it, they showed it from the backside. Barnes is the left-side linebacker which is the right side hole if you're on offense. And that's the hole that Cook ran through. Barnes knifed through to Martin's side and left his, he, he lost his responsibility on that play, and Cook couldn't help but run through that wide open hole because yeah. Barnes had vacated it. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're bad players. I'm saying they're young players. They so are. that's a young guy mistake. Barnes is trying to make a play. So he tries to make a play because he thinks he's read, read the hole right. He read it wrong. Or Cook cut back into the you know, backside hole. Either way, it doesn't make any difference. You need a guy like Kirksey, like Martinez, or any guy that's a little bit more experienced that sees what might happen on that play instead of just trying to run to the football. They, I mean, they were under attack. I mean, with the non-existent defensive line, I mean, they just had – multiple things happening to them on every play and with the lack of experience i think they're gonna I, struggle. I, I still i like those two players Me too. i actually Me too. think i actually think that's the two of them are have a future with the packers i do too i i, I think they're young they, i think we're on the same right, page they're with young. yeah they got exposed what else no pass rush whatsoever i mean i, I did they sack other than the non-sack of lowry nothing yeah 
No. And then, I mean, we've been saying this kind of throughout the season or where are the Smiths? And in particular, I'm going to go after Preston Smith. And I, I, I'm going to say this right now. He is a liability out there right now. Yeah. I don't know what Petten has him dropping back. He lined up as a corner. You see that on the far side of the field? The Twitter, fuck is he doing over there? Twitter has had a field day with that. Right. I saw him dropping back, and then he came back up to the line. I was like, what is he doing? Number one, he can't hold that edge at all. When, if right. you're, getting a, you have a, you're getting a kick block, right? You're getting kicked out. You need to smash that guy back into the hole or at least collapse it a little bit and not make it like, you know, three bodies wide for Dalvin Cook to run through. He is a liability out there this year. He can rush the passer. That that's his sole skill. Yeah, and, and maybe like. and and that you know we're gonna get to get to this too. Is Petten has to put the right players in the right packages. I don't know what he's thinking dropping him into coverage. I think right, he was right. covering Thielen. Was it Thielen? I'd or have was to I have end? to go back and look, but I swear it, it wasn't a tight end. So that was my so. I th- and I'm I'm sure I'm wrong on this. I thought it was the tight end, but it doesn't make any di- it does make yeah, a it difference, does, it but does, it doesn't right. because. It, that then that's what teams are going to do. They're going to take their tight end and run them out wide because Preston Smith can't cover the tight end in space. Are you kidding me? That's, they might have to reduce his role to pass rushing. Yes, Period. you're right. He can't handle the run. Put Gary out there. Gary will at least he can collapse that side. I hope he sucks in this he, game. Oh, he did suck in this game. He did not. We should keep track of how many games. He does not make the uh, box Stat score. That sheet, yeah. He did not make the box score. Nothing. No, just for look Gary. for him, and he played in a lot of snaps. You know, I'm a he big did. snap guy. Like I like to know how many snaps everybody plays. His and number it wasn't, was not called once on Sunday. He played 28 snaps. He played 54 percent of the snaps on defense in this game, and he didn't make the stat sheet. He didn't do shit. No. Yeah. <sighs> no. No pass rush. Zero pass rush. I see Zadarius Smith standing in the middle because they can't stop the run. So I get what they're trying to do with that. But then that takes away from his real skill set. It all comes down to we don't have a defensive line. Other than Kenny Clark, we don't have anybody that can really make plays. So they're trying to create plays. Okay, I can appreciate that creativity to a certain extent. But if you're going to put Zadarius Smith in the middle, then Clark should be out on the end. Or right. some, or Gary should be it on. Like you have to figure something out. Yeah. Like you got to try something. Yeah, that thing with Preston Smith being out there in coverage, way <laughs> out on an island, like he's freaking Deion Sanders. I don't know what's just bad. There. Um, yeah, it's bad. You know what? The the other thing too is with the Smith. Is when you mentioned Zadarius, I kind of looked at him like he's the leader of this defense. Yes. and I'm not seeing the presence of leadership from him. He needs to get on the sideline and jump in these guys' ass mm-hmm. or in the locker room or something and show some leadership out there. And, and I'm just not seeing it. Did you get I, me on that one? I got you. Yeah, All right. I took care of it. You were on a roll there. I didn't want to stop you. But I'm right. 100% with that too. Like, dude, yeah, yell at somebody. Get, Fire, some get fiery. Recycling, so I'm up to 10. <laughs> we're doing good things for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society today. And the other thing on the bad side is, and I love Kenny Clark. I've said it many times. I will always say that he is one of my favorite, if my, not my favorite Packer. He's my favorite Packer this year for sure. I don't know if he's still, I don't know if he's a hundred percent yet because he's not making impact plays. Is he stuffing the middle a bit? Yes. 
but you didn't pay Kenny Clark $90 million or whatever he's making to just stuff the middle. You're he, paying him that to make plays, and he's not making plays right now. Maybe he isn't fully healthy. I don't know, but he is performing below expectations, that's for sure. Absolutely, and I wonder if it's And, and I get that you know he's taking on the majority of the double teams. Yes. And that's, yeah. It's not an easy job being in there, but, dude, you just got paid, and the reason you got paid is because – You can take on double teams and make plays. Yeah, so start doing it. Right. Or if, if, if you're not right, then get, you know, get some get treatment. Get right. Yeah, get, yes. Get it together, man. Nobody performed well on the defensive line. They, it was abysmal. Terrible. And we got to go play San Francisco. And I get that we, you know, we, we're not going to run the table, right? We're not going to be undefeated. But yeah. when, when you're at home, right, you're, you're having a good year, you're 5-1, and one, and it's against the Vikings, that stings even more for me. I mean, just losing to the Vikings in general, but at home, and they're one and five, and you just get slapped in the face. And you got manhandled in this embarrassed. game. Yes, embarrassed is the right word. They were embarrassed in this game. It's that simple. The Vikings are one and five. They're kind of starting to like throttle down. That's what it looked like in the games that I've watched. They got up for this game. The Packers did not. The Packers yeah. took. I feel it looked like they took this game lightly. You, the last bullet point you put up there, Martin and Barnes. Yeah, Martin and Barnes, just they're young guys. We talked yeah. about it a little bit before. They're, they're just – they need a veteran presence next to one of them at all times, I think, just to yeah. be safe. And I but think that one play – that's Zedarius, right? That's your role as a leader. Yes. Kind of. I like, think, yeah. Get in there. Yes. Right. I mean, like, uh, in the middle of a play is what I'm right. saying. Okay. You need someone that is more – I don't know what the words are – more able to just tethered. stay with yes yes tethered is right to stay within their role whereas these guys are trying to fly to the football and make plays you need another guy that's gonna be like whoa wait a minute i see this alignment if Barnes stays in his spot cook doesn't make that long run i don't think i, yeah. I just don't think so uh, any miscellaneous stuff well i i'll i'll speak to the one is fire Patton. okay will they during the season no they're not going to fire Patton during the season. Is he in the officially in the hot seat after this game? I think so. I think you know it was it's it's been getting warm <laughs> all season, but now I think it's he's officially in the hot seat. And and unless things he can dramatically turn things around and make some improvements and some adjustments, I think he's going to stay in it. There's a lot of things, and I I, I was a big Patton fan, and I still think he can right the ship. There's a couple things. I thought he was a fiery guy. I remember you were talking about the, uh, the yeah. 30 for 30 or whatever they had. Dude, get in someone's ass. You need right. to do that. Like, it's, it's time. Or yeah. you're going to get fired because yeah. you have all these players behind you and they're not making plays. Okay, the one week, you know, you didn't tackle Alvin Kamara. Okay, but then that has to get fixed. And a lot of it, these are professional players and they're professional players with talent. It's not like you've got a bunch of scrubs out there playing defense for right. you. You have guys that can play, and they're not making plays. So that falls back on you, the coach. It falls back yeah. on you. Either you're not teaching the technique or you're not firing guys up and making them understand that they're going to lose their jobs if they don't do their job. I, yeah, I, it'd, be, it'd be a different story. We'd be talking a different story if it was like we had like a lot of inexperienced guys or just didn't have the talent level that we have. Right. I mean, we have a decent talent level on the, on the defensive side of the ball. So, exactly. yeah, 
all the attention is going to shift from that and it's going to be on you, Mike. Right. Yeah. Do something, Mike. Wake up. My other point to that is I want you to think of the defensive side of the ball. Just all the players on the defensive side of the ball. Who is overachieving? Um, I would say the only pr- Barnes. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, that's what uh, I would have said too. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, I would say it's Barnes, but no, no one else. Right. Jair is 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 on track. What and meeting all the expectations that everyone thought, right? Yeah, he's a he's great still player. Still kind of on his trajectory up. Right, and he was a high draft seen, pick, so you expect him to be Barnes. good. I was going to say that too. I, I, Barnes is the only player on the defense, and it's because you had no idea who he was. Yeah. Right? We, we didn't have any idea. He was an undrafted free agent, so you know he's out of UCLA, so he's on the West Coast, so nobody ever watched him play football. You don't have a bunch of guys overplaying their talent level right now on the Packers side of the – on either side of the football. But, well, I'd say that Tyler Irvin, over, he's playing well for the talent level. I mean, I think there are guys. I think Tanyan is clearly overachieved for what we thought he would do. So there are guys on the offensive side, but I think the defense just doesn't have that, and I think it comes back to coaching. I do, do not. Do fire him? During the this season? Year? Yeah. I do not. The problem then becomes who becomes the DC, <laughs> right? You're in the middle of a Super Bowl run. I don't think he does get fired because you either have to have a guy that's going to keep the same principles or you got to completely change what you're doing. And you are already built your personnel around Pettin's theory. Where are they ranked defensively? It was when it, I did the thing. The they got to be in the bottom half, right? Now they do for sure, I would say. Yes. They, they, were they like also right chalked me up a big fat zero on fantasy because I had them. Oh, I have them in fantasy too. I didn't even look. I'm kicking the shit out of whoever I'm playing, so it doesn't matter. But, but yeah, I think they got me a zero too. I'll, I'll look it up. For next week to see where we're at. Yeah. They got to be in the lower half. For sure. What sucks too is like there's – like if there was ever – like there's not a lot of like – there's no dominant team out in the NFL right now. I mean, it's not – you know, we're, we're facing the Niners this year. They're not a threat like they were last year. Right. So it's not like there's, there's this um, – there was ever a year to kind of sneak in a, a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, it would be – this year, I mean, our offense, yes, we're, we're still searching for the answers at wide receiver, and maybe when Lazard comes back, that's answered. But even if we had a, gosh, I mean, even a top 12 defense, that might be enough to go and steal a Super Bowl. Even the, the Chiefs, who are the Super Bowl right. champs, don't look invincible like they did no. last year. There's not the, a lot of defense being played across the NFL at all. Right, the Colts and the Buccaneers are really the two, right, yeah. that are, are really up there. And the Packers already played them. And the Colts, they're not great on offense. So they're not right there. There's no juggernaut. There's no team you're like, whoa, this is going to be the team. We're going to have to – we're right. going to get blown up by them. 49ers are all banged up. And their quarterback oh, yeah. play is just disgustingly bad. Yeah. Like they brought the – is it Bethard, Mullins? I can't remember. But they when Garofalo went out, their backup played better than he did. <laughs> So, yeah, they're not a threat. Let's segue right into that, then. SF this week. Let's stick the segment from Peter from Pro Football History in here, and then we'll have our own two cents after that. Thanks, guys. So after that disappointing performance and loss against the Vikings, the Packers head out to San Francisco on a short week this week to play the Thursday night game. The Packers historically have been about 500, exactly 500 in Thursday night games. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. 
in those games, and the majority of them have been played on the road, 11 of them. And the Packers are perhaps a little bit surprisingly six and five in those road games. Only twice have they played out west in those road games, both of them against the Seahawks and the Packers are are 0-2 in those. So that doesn't necessarily augur well for the game against the 49ers on, on Thursday night. Historically, the Packers 49ers series goes back to 1950 when the 49ers first came into the, the NFL. The Packers lead the series just 32-28-1. So it's a 5.33 winning percentage. On the road, the Packers are a disappointing 10-17-1 against the 49ers. The teams have also met eight times in the postseason with 500 record at even four and four in those eight games. So the series between the 49ers and the Packers, as I said earlier, started in 1950. And through the 50s, the 49ers gained a substantial lead in the series, 13 of five. And I guess, you know, the Packers teams of the 50s up until right, right at the end of the decade were, while there were some good players on those teams, it wasn't the Packers' strongest period in history. Coaches like Gene Ronzani, Lyle Blackburn, and then later Scooter McLean. So it wasn't the, the strongest of, of periods. And we go to the 1960s. And again, very much as we would expect, the Lombardi era, Packers 12-4-1 in the series. And then 70s and 80s, 49ers were on top. And you would certainly expect that in the, in the 80s when the 49ers came to the fore in the early 80s with the teams of you know, Bill Walsh's teams, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, all of those great, Ronnie Lott, all of those great players that the 49ers had in that period. And then, of course, later Jerry Rice. John Taylor and, and those guys. And then in the 90s, you know, as the Packers rebounded from a quarter century pretty much in the doldrums, the Packers 6-2 and two in the 90s and 6-0 and oh from 2000 to 2009. So the great period, if you like, for the Packers, starting with Mike Holmgren's teams and, of course, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And, and the Packers 3-1 and one in the playoffs in the 90s against the 49ers. And then since 2010, the 49ers are, lead the series 6-3, six, 3-3 six and three. Three and three in the regular season. The 49ers 3-0 in the playoffs. I remember twice getting beaten by Colin Kaepernick's 49ers in that period. The series has had a number of great games, a number of games that certainly have been significant to, to the Packers in particular, I think, that if we go back to, to the mid-90s, the 1995 divisional playoff game played out in San Francisco. First time the Packers had won their division in a non-strike year since 1972. And the Packers went out to 49ers as huge underdogs in that game. But they pretty much beat up on the defending world champion Packers winning 27-17. And I think that's, for me, that's the game that finally got the Packers over the playoff hump. Gave them the belief that they could beat the really big teams at that time. The play that I always remember from that game is very early in the game. Wayne Simmons putting a huge hit on... 49ers running back Simmons putting that huge hit on causing a fumble Craig Newsom picking up the ball running down the sideline and scoring and putting the Packers ahead early in that game and then when we moved to 1996 a couple of big games against the 49ers the regular season game about midway through the season Robert Brooks was injured knocked out for the year with a serious knee injury and the Packers, behind lots of passing from Brett Favre, he threw a record 61 passes in that Packers record at the time, 61 passes in that game. But I think we all remember Don Beebe. Beebe had a career night that night, 220 yards receiving, including that famous one down the left sideline where he went to the ground to make the catch, wasn't touched got up and ran for a, for a huge score. Chris Jackie kicked the winning field goal in that game. Packers won 23-20 in overtime. And it was a 53-yard field goal to win that game, which is the longest field goal to win a game in, 
in overtime history. And then later that same season, 1996, the Packers played the 49ers in the divisional playoffs, winning that game in the mud and the slop, 35-14. to 14. And We remember it, I, I think, probably for three plays by Desmond Howard. He returned a pump for a touchdown for 71 yards, returned another punt for 46 yards where he was stopped just short of being a second touchdown. And then in the, the second half kickoff, Desmond Howard wasn't out there to return the kick for the second half kickoff. The Packers only had 10 men on the return team and the 49ers actually recovered the second half kickoff. Famously, in you know Howard was apparently changing his jersey. We could laugh about it now because, as it turned out, it didn't make a difference to the game. And Desmond, say, had that fantastic game and then go on to be the Super Bowl at MVP. Well, I, I guess the other game that we really probably don't like to remember is the 1998 wildcard game out in out in San Francisco. This was the game where Jerry Rice caught the ball, fumbled late in the game, was called as an incomplete pass, where it's clearly a fumble, and that decision at referee's call cost the Packers that game and the opportunity perhaps to go to a third straight Super Bowl. And that's I think for Packers fans. I think most of us have never quite gotten over that Jerry Rice fumble. I did a bit of research. I found more than 20 players that had played for both the Packers and, and the 49ers. Perhaps the best player, or certainly one of my favourites that played for both teams, was Timmy Harris, the superb outside linebacker, pass-rushing outside linebacker, who was a bright spot for the Packers late in the 80s on some bad Packers teams. Pro Bowl outside linebacker, high energy, tough, just just a, a superb player. Timmy was traded to the the 49ers, and he was traded for Timmy was traded for two second round draft picks, 1992 second round pick and the 93 second round pick. And in the meantime, Mike Holmgren came from the 49ers to the Packers, and the Packers had to give one of those second round picks back to the 49ers for for Mike. And coincidentally, just to keep the 49ers Packers connection going, coming over from the 49ers with Mike Holmgren was, was Sherman Lewis, who would be the Packers offensive coordinator, and, and Ray Rhodes, who would be the Packers defensive coordinator, and of course later uh, for one season, the head coach in 1999. There's one or two connections on the Packers current, within the Packers current organisation with the 49ers, of course, uh, Matt LaFleur's younger brother, Mike, is the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. And of course, LaFleur previously worked with the 49ers head coach, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Packers offensive line coach, Adam Stenovich, was previously the assistant offensive line coach with the 49ers in 2017 and, and 2018. So moving on to the current day, Aaron Rodgers is 4-3 and three as a starter in the regular season against the 49ers. And in those seven games, he's had four 300-yard games and four 100-plus passer rating games. That includes a 425-yard game against the 49ers in October 2018. So Rodgers... 101.5 career passer rating against the 49ers, 64% completions. Both of those marks are actually pretty close to his career average mark. And so with that, I hand you back to Dale and Todd, who will continue with the preview of Thursday night's crucial NFC matchup. Thursday um, against San Francisco, and you know, we have at least three keys to the game. You know, we've got to stop the run, obviously. It's, it's been the problem all year. Highlighted in this uh, past game with uh, the Vikings. Is Mostert still their starter? I, I think know, so. Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. I'm almost 100% sure. In fact, he said something like, we're going to get right next week, which is against oh, really? the Packers. Yeah, yeah, you probably will. <sighs> yeah, not much has changed. So, yeah. And then you had, you had down, uh, if Kittle plays, stop him. Is Kittle banged up too? 
Yeah, Kittle left this game too. So Garoppolo and Kittle both left the game. I have not checked the extent of their injuries this morning as we're doing this, but they both left the game. The, Hopefully the Packers, Green is back. You need someone that's athletic to cover him. You can't cover Kittle with a linebacker because that's not going to work out at all. And then I think you head down to get off to a fast start. I mean, they're going to have to in this in this game for sure. I think they're going to have to rack up as many points as they can because I don't think they're going to right the ship in one week with on the defensive side of the ball. They always seem to they always seem to play their best in the first and third quarters. That was the trend last year, and now this year. I mean, this past game against the Vikings, they played well in the first and second quarter and just disappeared in the second half. You have to be able to get out and force them to throw the football in this game. You have to. If they are in it, we're going to have a problem. That's it. going to be a short week. I don't know when we're going to do our next podcast, but it's like 8.35, too. The game kicks off. I'm like, Very good time. Yeah, I'm going to be up to like midnight watching that thing. But anyway, that's all we got for this week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. 